the Green Bay Packers are the best fit for Odell Beckham Jr. I'll explain why. Plus, how do we figure out who is most likely to be available when the Packers pick in the first round? You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we're going to talk some NFL draft. We're going to talk some Brandon Cooks, Scuttlebutt. That's out there. But I want to start with not draft because we've done a lot of draft and we're going to do a lot more draft. Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus coming up later this week. One of the names that has been bandied about in relationship to the Packers and their receiver need is Odell Beckham Jr. Now, the supposition by most is that he is going back to L.A. He wanted to be in L.A. originally, although the Packers were apparently a strong contender. He won a Super Bowl there, and he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl there. That puts on the generous timeline, November. That would be a nine-month recovery. His second ACL on that same knee, I believe. That's a lot to ask for a guy who relies on his explosiveness. Probably not even December, January. Is he going to be back at 100%? But I have to imagine there are two things that now matter to Odell Beckham Jr. He's made tens of millions, and will continue to make big money. Endorsements. He's still a very famous athlete. Brand partnerships. He, I'm sure, will have post-business ventures. He's already a brand ambassador. I get uh, promoted Instagram posts about jewelry that he uh, is involved in in some way. I have to imagine that winning is... Still important to him. After feeling what it's like to win a Super Bowl, to be on a competitive team, he hasn't really ever been on a team anywhere near as good as the one he was on last year. Anywhere near competing for a, a, a Super Bowl in a meaningful way. I mean, he was on you know the Giants playoff team that came to Lambeau and got beat up by Green Bay in a, in a year where that Packers team was not particularly good. And that Giants team was, was mostly garbage. And then the Browns were mostly garbage. And then he got hurt. And then he left under inauspicious circumstances. His dad was complaining on Facebook about whether or not he was getting thrown the ball or whether the balls that he were being with Rowan were were on target, which a lot of them weren't. You have to think quarterback matters to OBJ. Now, maybe all of this is. An exercise in futility because he wants to go back to L.A. 
Here's what Green Bay offers, though. They offer something that L.A. potentially doesn't. Green Bay could be desperate enough, much like they did with Big Bob Tunyon, to say, we will sign you now. We will sign you now with the understanding that you are not going to play until November. That means you get all that money. You get all that money. While you sit and rehab and rest, you're getting paid. If Odell Beckham has to wait until October or November to get a contract, he's hurting himself financially. So there could be a little financial incentive. I think in the grand scheme of things, he's probably going to get a small deal no matter what. So we're talking about a couple hundred thousand dollars here and there among friends, which for most people is a hell of a lot of money. For someone like Odell Beckham, it's not. It's just not. I mean, it is, but it's not. It's not exactly changing his couch cushions, but you know, it's it's like the difference between finding a 20 in your wallet versus finding you know, a hundred or two, like there's a difference, but it's not going to change your life, right? That is a non-zero factor, but probably not a big factor. Prestige is still something that I think is important to him. It's important to most professional athletes. It's frankly important to most people. Most people want to be liked. They want to be recognized. They want to be affirmed, especially professionally. You want your peers to say, this person is good. We like this person. They're good. I think going to an organization like Green Bay ups the likability factor to be sure. But here's the trump card that they have that the Rams do not. The Rams have Cooper Cup. He is always going to be wide receiver one. And they just paid Allen Robinson. Like real money to be wide receiver two. So the Rams can say all the right things about, hey, We'd love to have you back. Yeah, love to have you back to come be wide receiver three. If there's something that Odell Beckham has left to prove, because he proved he could be a good guy on a, on a winning team. He proved he could be a part of a winning culture. He proved he could be a Super Bowl champion. And he, the, the, the Rams don't win that Super Bowl without the first half that OBJ had. The fact that he and Cooper Cup were on the field together and Odell Beckham was the guy who was getting looks, I think speaks to his value. He's a Super Bowl champion. Now, the only thing left for him to prove is that he's still a number one receiver. Well, the only place where he could go in and be with an elite quarterback, be in a good situation culturally and from a winnings perspective, and be the number one is Green Bay. And there's not even really a close second, frankly, because New Orleans, I think there could be some appeal there. LSU kid, but Jameis Winston, I don't think is moving the needle. And I don't know if that team is, is actually that good. They made this bizarre draft move to basically buy a first round pick this year before even knowing who that first round pick could get them. I, uh, I don't get it, frankly. It's like a slight, we don't, let's not even get into it. It's, it's, a, it's a whole weird situation. Where else? All the other good situations with good quarterbacks, they've got receivers. The Packers are in a, a unique situation. Even the Chiefs have Travis Kelsey. So you could sell 
OBJ on him being the number one option. But everyone knows Travis Kelsey is the security blanket and he is the straw that stirs the drink there right now. They just paid Marquez Valdez Scantling a bunch of money. They brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. That is a crowded receiver room. If he still wants to be the guy and catch passes from a Hall of Fame quarterback and compete for a Super Bowl championship and go to a team desperate enough to pay him to rehab, there is only one team who checks all those boxes. And it's the Green Bay Packers. Now, again... It, it could all be moot because OBJ could just be like, I like living in LA. I want to be in LA. So either I'm staying with the Rams or I'm going to the Chargers and that's it. And by the way, it would be a good move for him in both cases because you've got two good quarterbacks, two very good situations, and he would have a chance to compete for a Super Bowl in 2022. But in neither case is he the guy. And in fact, in both cases, he is wide receiver three at best. So what is important to him now? If he cares about his legacy, though, I think he has a chance to not only keep the, the winning culture part of this, the, the winning part of this, which I do think is important to players. They want to be seen as winning players almost as much as the winning itself. A chance to win a Super Bowl and a chance to be the number one guy with an all-time great. Now, I don't know how much Aaron Rodgers wants Odell Beckham Jr. I, I, I don't think Rodgers pushed particularly hard to bring in OBJ last year. And maybe that's enough where Odell feels a little spurned by that, decided to go to LA instead. I don't think that's how this played out in terms of, I think, Odell Beckham wanted to go to Los Angeles. That was the reporting from Josina Anderson. And that was always where he wanted to be. And he got a deal from them that Green Bay could not have matched. So that is part of this as well. It's not, it may not be the best place. It may not be the best option for the Packers. But I, but I, and it may not be where Odell wants to go. But I do think the Packers offer the best potential situation for Odell Beckham Jr., it's up to him to decide what's best for him, though. All right, we're going to get to some draft stuff coming up after this. But today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Master Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews from all different leagues this season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I do this thing every year trying to figure out who are the, cons not just the consensus top guys, I want the unanimous top guys. I want the, I want the players that everyone believes is going in the first round. Now, those guys don't always go in the first round. But I think when we, when we talk about perception, that is the best intel we can, we can gather because the next couple of weeks, we've got lying season. Even the good reporters get 
played sometimes by teams trying to create smoke screens. I remember, remember when we did not have any idea who Kyle Shanahan was going to draft, or at least all the reporting was Mac Jones, and that didn't make any sense to anyone. And so everyone's going, "Wait, they're gonna they're gonna take who? What? No, nah, that can't be." And then lo and behold, they take Trey Lance. So the thing that is useful here, though, for Green Bay is it doesn't matter if they take Trey Lance or Mac Jones. Both of those guys were always going to be gone when they pick. We knew. And so for our purposes, we don't have to worry about that stuff. We don't have to worry about who's going one, who's going two, who's going three. Just who is most likely to be off the board with picks one through 21. And then you create this broader pool. So I went through six mocks of some of the best people, guys like, you know, Bruce Feldman, Daniel Jeremiah, who is, you know, as hooked in as anyone, Mel Kuyper, Trevor Sikkim, who's going to be on the show a little bit later, Danny Kelly, and then this guy over at Sharp Football who has the most accurate mocks five years over the, the running five-year average. And it's actually by, by a nice little margin. He's been really good at predicting who's going to be uh, in in their spots and and where they're going to go in terms of what teams are going to take them. Some of the names are going to be obvious, right? Aiden Hutchinson, Trevon Walker, Iki Iguanu, Evan Neal, Kyle Hamilton, Kayvon Thibodeau, Derek Stingley, Drake London, Ahmad Gardner, who's got the best nickname in uh, the draft class, Sauce, Garrett Wilson, Devin Lloyd, interesting, Unanimous first rounder, Devin Lloyd, the linebacker. Jermaine Johnson, Jordan Davis, George Karloftis, Trent McDuffie, Nicobe Dean, Chris Olave, Devontae Wyatt, Trevor Penning, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams, Zion Johnson. That is 22 players. So, by definition, okay, I didn't make up math, but I know it works this way. If there are 21 selections that take place before the 22nd pick, 21 players have to go. And and here's the part that some people struggle with. Only 21 players can go. Okay, so we, we love to play this. There's no way that guy's going to fall. Okay, someone has to go. And there's always this broad swath of players. I, I did in these six mocks. 46 players, 46. That means of these six guys, 46, they thought 46 players in total were potential first round talents. That means with the Packers at the 53rd pick, there's a decent chance they could be drafting someone that they think is is a first or borderline first round player. It's that kind of draft. It, there, there is no uniformity at the top because there are not blue those blue, blue chip players the way that we're used to seeing. There's just this big group of like 50 guys. And we know that there are going to be some teams that that reach for someone below this group in the top 21. And so when you go, okay, well, uh, say the receivers again. Okay, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams. Okay, that's like all my favorite guys, right? But one of them, could be available for Green Bay. Of By definition, again, 22 players have to go in 22 picks. So the, the Packers can pick at least one of these players. 
the unanimous first rounders. Now, this is also an interesting number because we think of first round picks and you think, well, there are 32 teams. There's got to be 32 first round players. There have to be 32 first round players, but not all of them have first round grades. And it is it is likely, in fact, that a given team has between 18 and, say, 24 in a really good class, first round grades. And after that, you're looking at borderline firsts or seconds. Some teams grade it a little differently, but that's the broad strokes of it, right? So Green Bay at 22, they have a really good chance of getting someone that they had a first round grade on. At 28, it becomes less likely. Now, it depends on how many teams are going to reach and pick players that you you never had any interest in, in picking. And there are going to be some of these guys. I don't think Green Bay is going to take a stack linebacker at 22 or 28. I just don't see it. And I, I've seen it mocked. A team that has never cared about linebacker and just signed the only linebacker they've ever cared about is not going to suddenly use a first-round pick on a linebacker. I just don't see it happening. So guys like N'Kobe Dean, who is on this list, and Devin Lloyd, who is on this list, congratulations to the teams that are going to pick that guy. I don't think Green Bay was ever going to do it. And and congratulations to everyone who's going to take a corner. Trent McDuffie and, and Derek Stingley and Sauce Gardner, These guys are going to be very good football players. They were never going to be Packers. So the more players that are going to go that the Packers were never going to pick, the more you push down players the Packers want to pick. So these are just first round guys. So there's 22. You look at the back end of it, I think you start to see some some players who could interest Green Bay. Zion Johnson. At the bottom of that list, Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, and then Trevor Penning, someone who I don't think is going to make it to Green Bay. The the reporting uh, yesterday from from Tony Pauline over at Pro Football Network was he's going in the in the low teens. Um, He's an incredible athlete on paper, on film, not so much. Here's the interesting thing. This next group. Includes four. It's four players. So now we're at twenty six. 32 players have to go. Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. So we've talked on this show about offensive tackle. I think the only two players Green Bay would consider at offensive tackle if they're there for the Packers at 22 or 28 are Cross and Penning. And I don't like Penning enough to, to advocate for that. If Cross is there at 22 or 28, take him. He's your right tackle of the future, maybe your left tackle of the future, and you can leave Elton Jenkins where he is and and insist to his agent that you're going to pay him like a guard. Maybe that works, maybe it doesn't. But I said two quarterbacks. In that original 22, I didn't say any quarterbacks. Well, history tells us some of them are going to go. And and Malik Willis is probably going to go in the top 10. Kenny Pickett, there's a chance. The Saints just traded up. We talked about this bizarro trade. To get two first-round picks, maybe with a chance to go move up again to get yourself more ammunition to get the quarterback that you want, two of those guys are probably going to go in the first 18, 20 picks. Well, that's two more players that get pushed down into the realm where Green Bay is picking. Next group, Kenyon Green. 
Green Bay's just not going to take that guy. They are not taking an interior offensive lineman with a relative athletic score below five. And his is like three. It's just not going to happen. So the next group is, is a little more interesting. Arnold and McKady. Kair Alam is a corner. Probably not going to happen. Andrew Booth is a corner. Probably not going to happen. Boye Mafe could. That's I think that's someone in the mix. Ebikati and Mafe are both guys that I think could be in the mix at 28. Although probably not 22. And Tyler Smith is another guy. Offensive lineman. A chance to play inside. Could play outside. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be where I would go. But I could see Green Bay doing it. Especially if they think he's a guard. After that, it's it's... You know, now we're getting into guys who are very borderline. So then how does your board fall if you're the Packers? Kyler Gordon is a corner. Probably not going to happen. Bernard Raymond, Austrian. He's, I think he's going to be 25 to 24. Brian Goodikins doesn't like old first-round picks. I don't see that. Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral. Bring on the quarterbacks. The Packers want all the quarterbacks to go. Desmond Ritter should be a top 20 pick. Matt Corral should be a top 20 pick. Push all the good guys down to Green Bay. Brees Hall, not going to happen. Jahan Dotson, not going to happen. But Daxton Hill, Travis Jones, very much guys I could see Green Bay wanting to take at 28. Daxton Hill, the uh, safety for Michigan, although some people think he's athletic enough to be a corner. Perfect for Green Bay. Oh, you want to play a little dime corner? You want to be a nickel safety, a dime safety, and eventually take over for an Adrian Amos? Great, Daxton Hill, sign me up. Oh, Travis Jones, you want to come in and play next to Kenny Clark and and eat up blocks to keep Devondre Campbell free while the, the team plays all these light boxes? Great. Come do that. Come eat. Travis Jones is the second best, if not the best, interior defender in this class. Devontae Wyatt, I just don't think Green Bay is going to pick. I know he has nice athleticism, but he's short. He's short-armed. And... Not much refinement to his game. He's going to be 25 this year. He's going to be 25. I just don't see it. And then you're talking about the borderline players. Quay Walker, the linebacker from Georgia. Again, I don't think they're going to take a linebacker. Christian Watson. I think he's in play. David Ajabo. One vote for David Ajabo as a first-round player. We talked about him yesterday in some best-case scenarios. It sounds like he's going to fall out of the first round. Probably not going to play his entire rookie season. Understandable. I would, I would guess he still is in the top 50, but if he's there at 53, make that move. Almost irrespective of who they picked in the first round, make that move. Logan Hall and George Pickens, borderline guys. I think both of those guys could be in the mix for Green Bay as well. This is why when we went through the worst case scenarios, it was like, okay, well, the worst case scenarios still include Christian Watson on the board, George Pickens on the board. Like it's really, it gets really hard to take away all the good options because Again, Green Bay is just not going to take some of these guys. They're just not. And I, I know you're going to say, oh, they're going to take best player available. Yeah, but no, they're not. They're not. Not right now. And, and they are, remember, but we're not talking about true best player available. We're talking about the guy who most impacts your team over the life of his rookie deal. So that includes positional value. That includes spot on the roster. That includes contracts that are coming up, all that stuff. So they're not going to take a punter. They're not going to take a fullback. They're not going to take, I don't think they're going to take a tight end. They're, they're definitely not going to take a quarterback, although that's been the, the running joke. Chill. 
All right, we're going to talk about the Brandon Cooks contract situation and trade market with him in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now become impossible for your chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, so save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you could go to rockauto.com, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and ride locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Reports yesterday have teams calling on DK Metcalf. Interesting. DK Metcalf, of course, on Twitter said uh, he had not heard any calls, but it's not his job to field those calls. It's John Schneider's job and Pete Carroll's job to field those calls. The Packers probably calling, probably calling. What I wanted to talk about, though, Brandon Cooks, the the reported and requested amount that Houston would want is a second round pick. And I think if you look at just Brandon Cook's value to a team in a vacuum, he's worth a second round pick. But he's expensive this season, at least relative to uh, you know what you could get a Julio Jones for or a Will Fuller or someone like that for. And it's just for this season. Now, he was good last year, like legitimately good, like one of the 15 to 20 best receivers in the league. He makes the Packers receiver room immediately much better. There's a reason we're getting this information now. It's not just we're not trading him. That stuff doesn't, doesn't really leak. The we're not trading him stuff. It's the we're not trading him stuff leaks when eh, we might trade him. We might trade him, but we're not getting offers that we like. That's when the leaks are we're not trading him. But if we were to trade him, it would be for a second round pick. I love that. I love that. The OJ school of, of leaking. We did this last year with Russell Wilson. I don't want to be traded, but if I did, here are the places I'd like to go. Same. And then guess what? A year later, there he's gone. And see, this, the Seahawks had no intention of trading him right up until yep, he's traded. They have no intention of trading DK Metcalf right up until he's being traded. And, and the Houston Texans have no intention of trading Brandon Cooks right up until someone offers them the right amount, and then they deal him. Teams have been calling, according to reports. So that means they are engaged in talks. Teams would not be calling if they didn't think he was available. You know, someone brought this up the other day about, oh, you know, th- th- these teams are monitoring these receivers. Yeah, it's their job to monitor them, yes. That stuff gets leaked so that everyone knows we think those guys are available. Like the reporting of the Jets monitoring A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, T.K. Metcalf. That report comes out because someone 
probably with the Jets, wants everyone to know they think those guys are available. And sometimes it's so those guys know that there are other teams out there that would be willing to put them in a position to succeed. So if they're unhappy, call your coach, call your GM, call your agent and say, I want to go there. There's some negotiating through the media in all of this too. So I don't think they're going to get a second round pick for Brandon Cooks. The Rams wanted a second round pick for Brandon Cooks. They didn't get that. And frankly, I thought the amount that they got for him, I believe was a fourth and a sixth or something like that. I thought the Packers should have done that. Whether or not they could have or, or you know, um, the, the Rams would have done that is is a separate question. But Brandon Cooks makes a ton of sense for Green Bay. Immediately makes your life easier. No, I don't. I don't think it, it materially affects your draft plans. I think I still think you want to go out and and add bodies. You know, if you get DK Metcalf or AJ Brown or someone like that, yeah, I think that materially changes your draft plans. Now you can be much more patient. You get Brandon Cooks. You still want to be in the market for a first round receiver if you can. You just don't need to press in the same way that if you don't get anyone by the time the draft rolls around. So all of this is just insurance to give yourself a little bit more flexibility. I, you know, Zach Cruz asked me from the Packers where what I would give up. I said, I said, pick 92 and stuff if I needed to on day three. I'm just, the the second round picks are too valuable to me. I like this draft class too much. And I understand he's a proven commodity. And I, you know, you'd probably go to with the lower second round pick if you had to. I, I don't, I would like, I would like not to. I would like to find another way to get it because I think it's really valuable to have three picks in the top 60. I think that'd be really, really useful for the Packers or four picks, excuse me, in the top 60. So uh, that's how I would handle all of that. We'll see if they actually get that much. This reporting is coming out because they want someone to up their offer or they want everyone to up their offers. They don't think the offers are good enough. And so they're going, please, please clap. Please trade more. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Plenty more to get to this week as we head toward the NFL draft. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.